Welcome to the Election Ride Home for Wednesday, August 14th, 2019. I'm your host, Chris Higgins. Today, an update on Hickenlooper and the Senate. Abrams is definitely not running for president. A look at who might drop out of the presidential primary soon and why. Some polling on gun safety laws. And Bennett releases a new book on election security. Here's what you missed today from the campaign trail. First up today, a quick update on former Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper and whether he's maybe going to run for Senate in Colorado and drop his presidential bid. In yet another article on this topic, the New York Times covered both the good polling Hickenlooper is getting for Senate in Colorado, as well as various efforts to woo him into the race. Now, as I was writing the show this morning, I actually got a sponsored ad on Twitter from a political action committee urging me to sign some petition to get Hickenlooper to run for Senate. So there is some stuff going on there. Reading from the article by Reed J. Epstein in The Times, quote, Hickenlooper is in discussions about ending his presidential bid and entering the race for his state's Republican-held Senate seat, potentially giving Democrats a strong candidate in a race they must win to have hopes of retaking the chamber in 2021, according to four Democrats familiar with his thinking. Mr. Hickenlooper, who is mired at the bottom of public polling of the presidential race, hopped into Senator Michael Bennett's car on Friday night in this northern Iowa town to discuss his impending decision, said Democrats familiar with the discussion, who, like others, spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe confidential talks. The two drove around Clear Lake for about 20 minutes ahead of the Wingding Dinner, a Democratic fundraiser that drew 21 presidential candidates. Aides and advisors to the two men, who have been both allies and rivals over their careers in Colorado politics, declined to reveal what was discussed. End quote. So, the obvious speculation is that Bennett, who is the other senator from Colorado and is also having some trouble gaining traction in this presidential race, was talking about what it might be like if the two of them were to team up and be Senate buddies. For what it's worth, the polling is kind of mixed, but if Hickenlooper got through the Senate primary in Colorado, he is currently 13 points ahead of Republican Senator Cory Gardner, who would be his incumbent opponent. That is way better odds than what Hickenlooper faces in the presidential field today. The question remains whether Hickenlooper wants that job, and in February he said he's, quote, not cut out to be a senator, end quote. So we'll just have to see whether he changes his mind on that one. Yesterday, I talked at some length about Stacey Abrams, the almost governor of Georgia and current activist against voter suppression. As the subject of a major profile in Vogue, the natural question was, you know, might she run for president? And yesterday I presented three paths that I saw for her immediate political future. Reading from my own script from yesterday, quote, First, continue doing what she's doing, which is registering more voters in the South. That's awesome. Second, run for president with a surprise bid around September or October, once most of the crowd has left the field. Or third, stay out of it until somebody who has the nomination asks her to fill the VP slot. End quote. Well, after my deadline yesterday, Ested W. Herndon wrote for the New York Times, quote, Stacey Abrams, the Georgia politician who captured national attention during her unsuccessful run for governor in 2018, has decided not to run for president after publicly contemplating a bid for months. Ms. Abrams, a Democrat, will instead focus her efforts on preventing voter suppression with a new initiative called Fair Fight 2020, which takes its name from a group Ms. Abrams began last year after her election loss. 
it will work with state parties and battleground states to more closely monitor voter protection ahead of next year's general election. Ms. Abrams announced her decision Tuesday afternoon at the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades Convention in Las Vegas. Though she is sidestepping the crowded Democratic presidential field, she is likely to remain atop any Democratic nominee's vice presidential wish list. End quote. So, in summary, Abrams is taking the first path, is definitely not running for president, but is leaving that third path, the vice president thing, kind of open. So, just saying, you know, we might very well come back to Abrams once the top of the ticket firms up. Now, the other question is simply about what her specific activities will be in her work with Fair Fight 2020. Again, reading from the Times, quote, The group's latest initiative will expand beyond Georgia to target 20 states, including across the Midwest and Southeast, and will invest up to $5 million. It will work to correct inaccurate voter rolls, address shortages of voting machines and provisional ballots, and standardize the rules around counting absentee ballots according to AIDS. There will also be a state-by-state hotline where election irregularities can be reported. End quote. And here's the audio from the Fair Fight 2020 launch video, which went up yesterday afternoon. Listen here to Abrams explain it in her own words. The promise of democracy in America depends on free and fair elections. Elections in which every eligible voter can register, cast their ballot, and have their ballot counted. But the scourge of modern voter suppression and broken electoral processes threaten that promise. Heading into the 2020 election cycle, we cannot be successful as Democrats if we allow our democracy to lie in disrepair. We must proactively protect every vote, starting right now. So I am excited to announce the launch of Fair Fight 2020, a comprehensive initiative to staff, fund, and train Democratic voter protection teams on the ground in battleground states across the country. These teams will work early, ensuring that all eligible Americans can vote and have their votes counted. But Fair Fight 2020 needs your help to succeed. You don't have to be an attorney or have any specific qualifications. People of all backgrounds and talents will work together on your state's voter protection team to ensure a free and functioning democracy. Whether you plan to vote for expanded economic opportunity, access to health care, or high-quality public education, the policies you want to see passed in our country require a fair fight in 2020. So join me today to protect every vote by signing up at fairfight2020.org. Creating a government of the people, by the people, and for the people will happen only when we hear every voice from the people. Thank you for your support, and let's get it done. Welcome to Wednesday, my darlings. Our week continues, but it ain't over yet. I think you've noticed my day-to-day job is to read every political thing I can find and then try to sum it up for you as fast as I can. I can also tell you that can be pretty stressful. And I've been using an app called Simple Habit to Learn to Meditate. Now, when I say meditate, don't freak out. I'm talking about just sitting there quietly spending just five minutes with the Simple Habit app. Meditation is just another word for learning to listen to your body and how to calm things down when you need to. The sessions are short. They fit into your schedule. Simple Habit fits into any daily routine. I know this because I have added it to mine. Even if it's only five minutes, it's five minutes of you helping yourself. This is important, okay? We can't burn out between now and November next year. And Simple Habit is part of my actual plan to do that, to care for myself while I'm doing this work that is kind of stressful. So I want you to go 
go to simplehabit.com slash ride. The first 50 listeners who sign up for a paid plan there get 30% off. You got to use that special link. It's the first link in the show notes. Again, that is simplehabit.com slash ride to get the discount and let them know you came from this show. Take some time for yourself. Invest in your own well-being. That is what's going to get you through the rest of this election. So one last time, the first 50 listeners who go to simplehabit.com slash ride are going to get 30% off. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Next up, over at 538, staffers held a draft to pick who they think will drop out of the presidential primary race next and why. While I don't think it's worth spending a ton of time reporting about their speculation, there are a few notable things we can pick out of that discussion that help explain why some candidates might choose another option. The number one pick they started with, for reasons we've already discussed, was Hickenlooper. So, moving on, the next interesting pick for me was Washington Governor Jay Inslee. So, here's the thing with Inslee. He is a sitting governor, and he cannot legally be on the ballot in 2020 for both president and governor. That means that by May of next year, at the latest, he does have to choose. And it would certainly help if he chose a little earlier, so he'd have time to campaign and help with down-ballot races and stuff. It's clear that Inslee is continuing to campaign really hard for president, and the second debate did give him a nice chunk of stage time, including time for the issue of climate change. But he's got the same polling problems so many other candidates do, and he likely won't be in the next debates. I've also heard a very logical idea about what Inslee's ultimate position might be. He might end up in another president's cabinet, dealing with environmental issues. Now, if that were to happen, it might allow him to enact at least part of his major policy goals while acknowledging the challenge of actually winning the presidency personally. Another tidbit has to do with New York Mayor Bill de Blasio. The 538 staffers noted that one possible reason for him to drop out would be that he might be out of money. In the chat, Jeffrey Scully pointed out that, quote, de Blasio only raised $1.1 million by the end of June and had just 6,700 donors, end quote, and ouch. But then again, that's end of June. Some time has passed. Okay, last up is another sitting governor. Nathaniel Rakic laid out this logic for choosing Montana Governor Steve Bullock to drop out. Quote, Bullock will continue to face a lot of pressure from party elders and even in his Twitter replies to switch to the Senate race. He's similar to Hickenlooper in that regard, although frankly, I think Democrats' chances in Colorado's Senate race don't change that much if they nominate Hickenlooper versus someone else. Whereas in Montana, Bullock is legitimately the only candidate who can probably put that Senate seat in play. Now, like Hickenlooper, Bullock has denied any interest in the Senate. But maybe, if he doesn't make the September or October debates, that will change. He is term-limited as governor, so the alternative is basically to go home and retire, end quote. Yeah, so be aware that for Bullock, it is president or senate or bust. Yesterday, we dug into the details of what gun safety bills are currently on the table in Congress. 
Today, an economist slash YouGov poll gives us some more data about where Americans are on this issue. There are two questions that I think are broadly pertinent, but first I have to give you the methodology. It's a poll covering 1,500 U.S. adults. That's not necessarily voters, it's just adults. It was conducted online and has a margin of error of plus or minus 2.6%, and the poll was conducted between August 10th and 13th. Okay, so let's get into the questions. First up, the question was, quote, In general, do you feel the laws covering the sale of handguns should be made more strict than they are now? End quote. Respondents had these options. Make gun laws more strict. No change. Make gun laws less strict. Or not sure. Overall, and this number includes everybody who was polled, 61% said they think laws covering the sales of handguns should be more strict. This majority position held up across all subgroups of age, gender, and race, although there was a difference based on political party. If you look at people identifying as Democrats, 83% of them want stricter handgun laws, versus 54% of independents and 45% of Republicans. Okay, now a few more of the overall numbers from that question, since I think they are also most salient. 20% said there should be no change to handgun laws, 8% said they should be less strict, and 11% said they were unsure. So just to reiterate, 61% said more strict. All right, the very next question ties in in an interesting way. The question was, quote, do you think that stricter gun laws would or would not have prevented any of the recent mass shootings? End quote. 34% said that stricter laws would have prevented some of those shootings, but 41% said they would not and 25% said they were not sure. Again, there is a major split based on party identification there, but it's interesting overall to me that the plurality of people said that stricter handgun laws would not have prevented those most recent shootings. And depending on which laws and which shootings they're talking about, they're probably right. But even though that plurality believes stricter laws would not have prevented these specific acts, the majority still wants increased gun safety laws anyway. So that right there is why this is actually a winning political issue. Whether you understand the laws or not, and yesterday's show does get into that somewhat, and whether you even think they would matter for the recent shootings, it is a winning position nationally to advocate for stricter gun safety measures. Oh, and by the way, in the same poll, 59% of people overall favored banning semi-automatic weapons versus 30% who wanted to keep them legal and 10% who were not sure. So again, as Joe Biden just said in his Sunday op-ed for The Times, the majority of Americans do support some gun safety laws, including banning semi-automatic weapons. And last up today, many of the presidential candidates have written books, and one of them just released his latest book today. Colorado Senator Michael Bennett's new book is titled Dividing America, How Russia Hacked Social Media and Democracy. Bennett wrote in a tweet announcing the book, quote, Russia meddled in our 2016 election. They continue now and will in the future. My book lays out how in graphic detail. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell doesn't care or doesn't mind a foreign nation interfering in our democracy. Demand action now. Send him a copy at RussiaHackedOurDemocracy.com. End quote. 
Okay, so if you visit that website, you'll find that you can donate as little as $1, and Bennett promises to send a copy of the book to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. If you give a little more, you can get your own print copy, or you can just pop in your email address and zip code to get a digital copy for free. By the way, if you're an American living overseas, I guess no free book for you because you don't have a zip code, though maybe you can think up a faux zip code to toss in there. Just an idea. Also, it is worth mentioning, if you're into reading about this stuff, The Mueller Report is free, at least in digital editions, and it is surprisingly readable, so think about that one too. But the Bennett book does have way more pictures, and that really does help. Here's a clip of Bennett on CNN talking about the book. Note that he appears to have inserted two small edits to cut together three different responses. And in what is sort of a weird trend, this clip also ends abruptly in the middle of a word. So sorry about that, but I can't add words when they aren't there in the thing that the candidate posts on Twitter. Anyway, listen in and CNN anchor Poppy Harlow speaks first. Let's talk about your book. Here it is, Thank Again, you. Dividing America. I had a chance to, to go through it. I mean, it's striking. There's all of these images in it that the Russians have used, the Internet region, Research Agency, right. etc., to divide our democracy. Um, you sit on the Senate Intelligence Committee. You saw a lot of this evidence firsthand first before a lot of Americans did. How great is the threat to the 2020 election right now? It's a serious and profound threat to our democracy and to the democracies in Western Europe, which make it, makes it really problematic that we have a president who won't even admit that it's happened, you know, who goes to Helsinki and says, I believe Putin. I don't believe the intelligence agencies of the United States of America. That's why I put this book out, so the American people can actually see what this propaganda looks like. We had we were being attacked by the Russians for a year before mm -hmm. anybody noticed that you know they couldn't distinguish it from our own political vocabulary. That's a problem. You mentioned election protection. There are things that we could do, and Mitch McConnell has not allowed the bills to come to the floor, mm -hmm. just like the gun bills. I mean, he had eight opportunities to put an election protection thing on the mm -hmm. on the floor, and he hasn't done it. I've asked people to go to my website to send. Mitch McConnell a copy of the book to urge him to put the election protection Did you send stuff him on the, the floor. I'm going to send him the book. Yeah. If people would go to uh, RussiaAttackedOurDemocracy.com and register their support for this book, that'll help me get to the debate stage. Okay, and let's listen to one more partial clip from an MSNBC interview Bennett did early this morning. Listen in. McConnell is unwilling to move election security legislation through the Senate, which seems to me to be the least we can do after a bipartisan committee like the Intelligence Committee has reported that the, um, that the Russian propaganda was as serious as it was. So I hope people will go to RussiaHackedOurDemocracy.com and get their copy or sign up to send one to Mitch McConnell so that he'll actually pass this legislation that, that we need to pass. We know why President Trump doesn't want to talk about the Russia in 2016 because he believes it somehow cheapens his win. Right. But why won't Mitch McConnell take this issue? Seriously? He's scared of Donald Trump. He's scared of Donald Trump. I think it's very straightforward. The least, the, it would seem to me the least thing that a majority leader of the Senate would do would be to help protect our democracy. Now, he hasn't been able, been willing to do that when it comes to campaign finance reform, but um, but given what the, we now know about what the Russians did and what the intelligence community has said about the, their effort to undermine our confidence in each other and our confidence in our democracy, our democratic institutions, and they've attacked democracies all over the world. It's not just our democracy. 
But in our democracy, they use these racist images. They use these anti-immigrant images. They're on both sides of every question. You can see it in the book. You know, sometimes they're Black Lives Matter advocates. Sometimes they're Blue Lives Matter advocates. Sometimes they're telling us the history of slavery in America. Sometimes they have the most racist, horrible stuff you could see. The American people need to know what's in this book so they can defend themselves if, the, if they have a president that's not willing to defend them, uh, which we should have. So there you go. If you want to get in on this, go check out that website. Now, I have not had time to read this book yet, but I guess I'm going to put it on the old reading list. Well, that is it for one more episode of The Election Ride Home. I have been your host, Chris Higgins. You can always find me on Twitter, at Chris Higgins. All right, I'll keep this quick on the outro. Long story short, the auger bit arrived, and it is far too large, comically too large, to fit into my perfectly decent electric drill that my parents so generously bought for me in 1996 with the intent that I would do normal things with it instead of trying to attack trees. So I guess I need another drill, too. So you're gonna have to wait at least another few days for those impressive stump drilling Instagram pics that will 100% happen, I promise. Kind of. As always, thanks for listening, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow.